Welcome to Tax Bites for Expats, the top tax tips you want to know as an expat. The podcast is here to help answer the common queries and concerns expats have when moving to or from Ireland. Complex taxes explained simply. We'll focus on the Irish and international tax issues to be aware of to ensure you save time, money and stress. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of Tax Bites for Expats. Today we are going to talk with Marcus Bailey, who is a client of ours, as he has navigated his move to Ireland. Um, I know from having spoken to Marcus throughout the process, it's not been without challenge. And today we're hoping he'll give us some insight into what that's been like, the things he's learned, and I suppose the ultimate question being, has it all been worth it so far? So Thank you so much, Marcus, for joining us. Um, it's great to have you on and thanks for giving us the time today to share your experience. It's my pleasure, Stefan. Whatever I can do to uh, help other immigrants, uh, that's what I uh, want to do today. I've watched some of your other podcasts. They were helpful to me. So it's my turn to give back. Oh, that's very kind of you. Very kind. So maybe before we kind of kick off a little bit um, about what the experience of moving here has been like to date, tell us a little bit, Marcus, about, you know, your your background, why Ireland, you know, where you were in the US. Tell us a story. What, what, what has the last few years looked like for you? Yeah, well, uh, I was in IT. I was an IT consultant for most of my uh, career. We actually retired this summer, uh, and that was, I didn't want to retire. I'll get to that uh, in a moment, but why am I in Ireland? Well, uh, I can tell you I've been visiting Ireland since 1995. I had a very spiritual experience uh, when I stepped on the port in Dublin. It's very hard to describe what that feeling was, but I was almost on my knees and almost in tears. I was just overwhelmed, overcome, didn't know what was really happening. Uh, To me, it never felt that way uh, before. That was the very first time I stepped foot in Ireland. And that feeling never left. And, uh, you know, many years um, later, Ireland just kept calling uh, me home. I'll just say it um, that way. Uh, not that there were, you know, big issues in in the U.S. It was just I felt really connected to Ireland in a spiritual way, uh, and so that's really how this whole story started uh, for me. Uh, I've been coming to uh, Ireland probably every uh, two years. I've seen most of the Irish state and even the northern parts of Northern Ireland, uh, which is fantastic uh, as well. When I got to spend more time uh, in Ireland on longer trips, I found that the people were really inviting. uh, And there's just a lot to see. Uh, Where my wife and I, Mara, lived in the U.S. was in Seattle. The weather is kind of the same. It's very, Mm -hmm. very uh, (laughs) similar. Although this past week, it was really windy uh, here, you know, around uh, 50 mile an hour uh, winds. We're currently uh, renting a place in uh, Kinsale, which is in Cork, which is the largest county. 
and uh, in Ireland. So we are way down south on the Atlantic uh, Ocean. And I really hadn't felt those kinds of winds since I was in uh, Texas in 1981, and I su- survived Hurricane Alicia. I was in the <laughs> eye of the storm. Stephanie, you wouldn't believe this. The eye of the storm, 170 miles an hour uh, for me wow. and all of my neighbors and uh, in everybody. And so 50-mile-an-hour winds, uh, yeah, uh, not too bad, I guess, compared to uh, surviving the hurricane. Yeah. It's still quite severe weather. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I know that uh, in some places in, uh, in Cork and, and Waterford and Middleton and others, they, the Irish residents are still having difficulties uh, with all of the flooding that uh, happens. So really feeling bad uh, for them. And, you know, hopefully the government can help them out. Yeah. Uh, I think though you're right. Like generally in Ireland, our weather is temperate. Those events do happen, but for us, the, the idea of a hurricane with 170 mile an hour wind is just like whoa. Um, you know, a 50 mile wind here is is newsworthy, and I think that attracts people to Ireland if you can live with the fact that maybe we don't have 365 days of you know scorching sunshine. I don't really know anywhere that does have that, apart from the Sahara Desert, but. The, the weather here is it's not severe in any in any way most of the time and um, have you found it sounds like neither was seattle so i suppose the weather hasn't necessarily been a big shock then has it we are right at home uh here it's actually it's been warmer here in uh, county cork than it has been in washington state in seattle And talking to the locals, and that's one of the things that I would uh, say to folks, when you arrive uh, uh, here, I call it the rainbow country. (laughs) It's not the rain country. It's Yes, it's the Emerald Isle, but there's rainbows almost every day. It's unbelievable, (laughs) double rainbows, and they're very vibrant. It is just absolutely gorgeous and unbelievable to just to see those types of um, rainbows. It just really um, makes you feel extra uh, special and in awe uh, as well. Just to make sure that I answer your your question about the the weather, we're right at home uh, here and Mm. uh, the weather has been quite uh, pleasant. And no, it doesn't rain. So for the um, listeners of this podcast, it doesn't rain every single day in Ireland. If that's what you uh, have read or if that's what you've been told, uh, I can tell you not just because I'm living here now, because of all of the times that I've been here, it is not constant. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point because I think there is a little bit of a, um, it's kind of a running joke, oh, it rains all the time in Ireland. It rains a lot, but it doesn't rain all the time. And um, I think one of the things that, there's pros and cons to every place. I know when we lived in Australia, um, I used to love, you know, the, the autumn days would be really sunny and the sky was blue. But one of the things we have in Ireland that you don't get everywhere else in the world, even in sunny locations, is the really long evenings in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the in, in summer, if we have a nice run, you can have literally 14, 15 hours of the day where it's bright. bright and it's just... It is great. You're right. We, and we tend to sometimes buy into the, oh, ha, 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 and always rains in Ireland. It, it does rain a lot, but not constantly. So 
I'm really glad, even though you haven't been here that long, that that's what you've surmised. Maybe then to kind of tell us a little bit about, you know, the decision to move here. You've obviously been coming here for some time. What has the journey and the decision, and I know some of it, so I'm interested to hear the distillation of it to this point. What has actually physically getting to Ireland been like? You know, are you guys broken? <laughs> has it been really tough? Well, there were days and sometimes weeks where we weren't quite sure uh, if we were going to make it. And let me talk about um, the immigration process just briefly. You know, there the, the immigration team all over Ireland really has had a really tough go because of the war with Russia and Ukraine. And uh, Ireland um, has been gracious to accept over 60,000 Ukrainians. And so the immigration system has been stressed. And when we started our uh, application, our first application was October of last year. Uh, we knew that we were going to be in the queue, <laughs> and the queues were getting longer, and so we were really uh, wanting to be patient. Uh, but we made some um, mistakes, um, not because of uh, immigration, uh, but because of just not understanding what things meant. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the Irish do speak English, but it's a different, some of the meanings are uh, different. And uh, so we essentially had to start over in April of this year. Uh, and that was kind of disappointing, right? So it took about mm -hmm. 11 months from beginning to end, from the time that we initially started the process to when we arrived on October the 2nd of this year. Normally, I think that process would take probably four to five months. Uh, our situation was different, and everybody's situation is going to uh, not be the same. I had two companies, uh, Stephanie, as you know, that I had to sort out. So mm -hmm. I had some, some additional complications. I had to step out of some roles. I had to essentially retire. Um, the tax advice though that you had provided uh, in the March April timeframe was pretty critical to help me to get sorted uh, our budget, um, how we were going to be of independent means and to be able to convince uh, Irish immigration that we're just not coming here and to be a burden on the Irish welfare system and you know that that is a big um, that is a big deal so yeah it took about 11 months and there were just a lot of things uh, happening uh, in uh, in the queue it was hard it was fun it was it was a lot of different um, things but hats off to Irish immigration because uh, it's really tough mm. there's been a lot of work for them I imagine based on what you said if you were doing it again, what would you do differently? Would, did you use the services of an agent or did you go it alone? Mostly alone. Mm -hmm. Other than the uh, expat um, services with you, we used an immigration uh, attorney and uh, that was fine. Uh, the cost wasn't too uh, much uh, either. Uh, what I have found is 
and this is a surprising uh, thing. Last week, we had an interview with an immigration uh, officer in one of the towns here in uh, Cork. Uh, fingerprinted, asked a number of questions just to really verify what is your address, what's your mother's maiden name, you know, all all of the identity proofing that they do. Then we get to the end, and it's um, $300 uh, per uh, person. So I was surprised to hear that the particular visa that we are on, which is a retirement visa, has to be renewed uh, every year. I'm going, well, let me say, that's where to get to naturalization is going to take five years. How much is this really going to cost? So the point of that is you need to budget for the long term, not just the short term. Uh, It has taken much longer to get a bank account here. This is one of the surprises. It was something that I heard that there was a some challenges but now that i've experienced it and a lot of it has to do with you have to complete the immigration process and receive an irish resident permit that's a really critical um document probably the most critical when it comes to Uh, opening a bank account and really being authorized to live in Ireland. It's really, it's not a driver's license. It's really uh, a proof that you are here legally within the Irish uh, state. So sometimes people get that a little bit uh, confused. Mm -hmm. Now that we have that number, I am able to open up a bank account. Here's a tip for the listeners. You don't need to bring a lot of cash or traveler's checks or anything like that when you make your (laughs) one-way ticket to arrive uh, in Ireland. Uh, Really, what I found is that Irish technology is just as good as what we had uh, in America. Mm -hmm. Uh, I use my smartphone. Um, for groceries, for restaurants. We have bus passes that are really easy to use so that we can uh, actually get Mm -hmm. around. There are ATM machines. uh, So if you do uh, want to take out some uh, cash, that is available to you as well. But, Mm -hmm. you know, don't bring thousands and thousands of dollars in your purse (laughs) or your wallet to Ireland. You really don't need to do that. Yeah, totally. Can you use a Google Pay and like um, yes, yeah. So if you have that on your phone from the US, it works there. Like we use that everywhere now, and it's so useful. We use it right across Europe. So really, you're getting to the point where your phone is like your mobile card that you can just tap in any place, most places that you go. Okay, that's interesting. Apple Pay, Google Pay, it all works uh, great here. It's and it's instant, isn't it? It's it's so useful. Can you remind me, Marcus, I I have a feeling you've told me, but uh, apologies, I can't remember. Have you guys bought a house or did you rent when you got here in October? Oh, yeah. So so housing was something that Mara was really stressed out about. (laughs) She's been stressed out about housing because she uh, had been reading in the Irish Times and the Irish Independent and the Irish Examiner and all of the Irish newspapers that uh, there are not enough houses for people who want to um, 
purchase a house. Now that could be an apartment, it could be a standalone bungalow house, it could be a terrace house, it could be a lot of different things depending upon your situation. Um, we sold our house, we sold our cars, we sold everything. Uh, when we got on the flight, we had a total of six bags between wow. us. That was it. Now, we had to uh, have some things shipped to us in boxes, books and posters and pictures and things like that. Uh, here's a little tip for um, the listeners. This is something that um, we just learned just yesterday. When you are shipping boxes, even if you say they're clothes or they're gifts or whatever, there is an EU customs charge that um, must be paid before customs won't release those boxes uh, until that is paid. The good thing is that uh, Mara was able to pay that online with a, uh, with a credit card. Credit cards also, uh, you can use them everywhere here in Ireland. I think I've only had two occasions where, where I've ever needed cash. Okay, so we sold the house. We were in an uh, Airbnb for about six days only, which was a thrill for us because we were thinking we were going to have to stay in the Airbnb for months. So as it turned out, we're on all the different websites for letting here in, in Ireland. And like almost every other hour, we're getting alerts and we're catching the bus or we're walking to the places to do a walkthrough. Mm -hmm. Our intention was always to a rent an apartment or a house for a year and then figure out where we want to buy or mm -hmm. build. And so, you know, we are now, you know, into that second month and it's going really well. Uh, we were able to find a, a house and find a lease uh, and move out of the Airbnb within seven days. It was very quick. I we, we were surprised. That's amazing. Was there competition for the house? Did you have to go up against other people who wanted it? Well, so since we're um, letting it for a year, there uh, there wasn't much. And I think part of it is it being in Kinsale, which is kind of like the jewel of <laughs> mm. Ireland, I think is at a, a higher price <laughs> that most yes. people uh, can't handle in their uh, budget. And, you know, it's a nice place. Kinsale is a great uh, town. We Kinsale's love living uh, here. But there's lots of great uh, places. There's great places in, in Waterford, in Wexford, mm -hmm. you know, in, uh, in Killarney. There's, there's great places all over. It, you know, it just depends on what is most important to you. Mm -hmm. So um, here's something that we learn that I can share. Uh, we, as we're continuing our home search, we've been talking to a number of the real estate agents and, um, and also mortgage folks. So one of the things that we did a lot in, in America was we paid attention to our credit. Well, we want to establish credit history here in Ireland as well. And we thought the best way to do that would be 
is to get a home mortgage. Mm-hmm. Well, that option really is not available to retirees. Mm-hmm. Yep. Banks in Ireland will not lend, loan you money for a mortgage unless you have income from work or from a pension. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're retired, so we're not working. And uh, it will be um, at least another five to six years before we draw any money from our pension. So we're just living off of the um, savings that we accrue. So that's a bit of a disappointment. I mean, uh, we didn't want to take the proceeds from our home sale in America and just put it all <laughs> into a mm-hmm. brand new house in Ireland because we like that liquidity. Yes, it's it's flexibility, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay, this this is something that has come up before. And I think there's, there's sometimes such differences between maybe Ireland and the US and Ireland and any other country around owning a home generally, buying a home, you know, land law, conveyancing, the process, obtaining a mortgage. And I think you raise a very valid point is that really what you're saying is don't assume that what you're used to holds because rules and situations and banks operate differently everywhere. I really hope that's not going to mean that you guys are unable to buy a house. I'm sure, given the the persistence you've demonstrated to get this far, that you're going to be able to um, find the home of your dreams uh, in due course. I, I'm confident you will, notwithstanding the fact that uh, you know getting a mortgage is is not easy. One of the things that we we say to clients um, is that it is always worthwhile talking to brokers who have experience dealing with expats, simply because they sometimes deal with banks that can provide you know alternatives to what the retail banks may offer and i suppose one of the people we've spoken to on the podcast previously is um paul at top mortgages i'm not sure if you've spoken to him marcus but he works with a lot of expats he can't work magic but he definitely can tell you what you can and can't get so we'll watch this space for you guys and see where that goes but it sounds like that part of ireland is is really where your heart is at the moment it's early days do you feel any regrets so far? Oh, coming to Ireland, uh, absolutely uh, no regrets. And the, you know, there are it's a different country, right? And uh, making assumptions is really going to get you uh, in a lot of um, trouble, right? It's not bad; it's just different, right? And you just have to educate yourself, and um, you have to be. Um, open to learning a different way of doing things. Wire transfers, how those are handled, housing, how that's uh, handled. Transportation is very, very good uh, here. Uh, we bought uh, a leap card and we're able to top it up with, uh, <laughs> with money. And we can get from Kinsale to Cork City in about 25 minutes. It's really not that bad uh, at all. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges that we're facing right now, though, is the process of obtaining a full Irish driver's license. Oh, yes. This old chestnut. Yeah. For you guys, it's not as straightforward, is it, after a year? It is not. And I remember, Stephanie, I think you shared with me that um, the U.S. driver's license is good for 12 months from the time that you arrive in Ireland. 
Well, the, the process, again, it's not a bad process. It's there because the, the Road Safety Administration, the RSA here in Ireland, has these rules in, in place for a, a reason for the safety of all of the drivers on the road. Well, uh, there are some prerequisite things that you have to do. For example, you need to have a public service card that's also known mm-hmm. as the PPS number. So for the uh, American folks, that's uh, like the your social security number gives you access to a lot of different things. You also need to have the uh, Irish residency uh, permit. You have to have a place that you are renting. You have to have documentation. You need to upload your visa. You need to do a lot of things uh, before you can actually sit for the theory test to start the process to obtain a learner permit in uh, Ireland. That whole process can take up to about 18 months. One of the things that I wanted to share with the listeners is Ireland has a driver's license exchange program. Unfortunately, the U.S. is now one of those countries that they will exchange the license. So if you're coming from the U.K., if you're coming Mm -hmm. from Australia, if you're coming from India, uh, other places, if you're coming from the Ukraine, yes, they will just exchange the uh, license. Mm -hmm. Uh, For expats coming from America, there is a much longer uh, process. So you need to be patient. You need to get educated. Uh, you mm-hmm. need to come up with a schedule of how you're actually going to sort it all out because the fines for a learner driver without an accompanying <laughs> a sponsor mm-hmm. in the car are quite severe. And that's a good thing, actually. Uh, Marcus, what does it mean practically? Because just doing the math there, you said you can drive for 12 months in Ireland, but it takes 18 months to get a license. Does that kind of mean you have... It it can take up to 18 months. And so uh, we're scheduled to take the theory test on Friday. So fingers crossed. (laughs) We're moving at lightning speed. (laughs) I would give you some tips if I could remember what's in it, but I can't. It's a long time since I did it. Yeah, it is. Well, there is a mobile app that is available, and it it has uh, practice questions. It has practice exams. So we've been using that uh, a lot. I don't want to tell you how many times we failed. (laughs) <laughs> but we're getting better. Uh, and so, yeah, if there, if it turns out that I'm unsuccessful with passing <laughs> the, um, the theory test, and it does take 18 months, uh, I'm hoping that there is a extension that the Irish government will give slower learners. It's no, um, see, Marcus, it's not going to happen. You'll be whizzing around Kinsale in a car before long. I, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> It's. I mean, look. What I love your confidence. No, full confidence in you. Isn't it funny? You know, it's. I really think. I probably overly think these things, but I really think that moving country strips you back. It strips you back to something where you're like, and Jenny, you know, we interviewed her in the prior episode, and 
she was like, you know, you're going through all these things, you know, you're applying for social security numbers. She, you didn't do these things all together at once. And you certainly haven't done them for a long time. And I, I know even, you know, on kind of an admin level, you have to go back to basics. You know, if you're coming from the US, you're going back to basics. You're in doing your theory tests with loads of 18 year olds. You've been driving for years. What's it been like, I suppose, kind of certain days for you guys, you know, making friends? How do you see that's going to pan out? Is that something that's going to be hard to kind of make a community for yourselves here? Or how have you found that so far? Yeah, we're still working on that. This move um, to Ireland and all of the things that we've had to do. So we've been so preoccupied with immigration appointments. Um, getting our PPS number, getting studying for the driver's license, getting into a place. We've been here now for about six weeks. Um, so we've been going, 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 going. Mm-hmm. There's no time to do anything else. We live in, um, in a community where everybody's um, lovely. The, the landlord, um, they moved to um, Claire, uh, but they're going to come back once they uh, retire. To, they, they moved to County uh, Claire, I think, to be closer to his wife's uh, parents. I think maybe she mm-hmm. actually grew up there in County Claire, which is a lovely place uh, as well. Uh, we just walking through the town past the Friary, we're getting to know a lot of the um, locals. Uh, and they mm-hmm. recognize us now. You know, we do have kind of a funny uh, accent. You know, so we don't have an Irish accent. I mean, that that not yet. Yeah. It'll come. <laughs> well, um, one of the things we spoke about in the prior episode is learning Irish. You never know. Maybe in due course, you'll decide to take it up and uh, have a coup of fuckle to actually be able to to say hello in Irish or whatever. But. Yeah, I I hope so. I mean, there are, I was really surprised. One of the things that surprised me is there are on RTE, um, the television, uh, several Irish channels. I mean, they're speaking, you know, they're speaking Mm. the Irish. It's not Gaelic, they're speaking the Irish. (laughs) That's that's different. That's what we've learned. Mm, It is. It's a little pockets of Ireland where people um, you know as their first language speak Irish on a day-to-day basis there'd be quite a few of them around where you are um, and yes um, you know that the news is read at six o'clock in, our, in Irish on the English um, station and then there is dedicated a dedicated channel um, so yeah you know from a, a cultural perspective it's there I suppose it's not the day-to-day language of the majority of Irish people but it is definitely something that is a big part of Irish culture. So I hear Irish every day that I go out, which is fantastic because, you know, they're keeping the language going. Mm. And, and that, you know, that is important for any uh, country. But, with, yeah, I mean, I it, it doesn't bother me uh, at all. I do need to do some learning. I just think it's a, it's really great. It's It's grand. You've got your theory tests to learn for the time being, so I reckon you've enough on your plate. <laughs> we'll catch up again maybe in six months or a year's time and we can have a conversation in Irish. You'll have to teach me. Marcus, I there's so many things you said there that I just think people listening are gonna go, Wow, like what great tips. And I think the really good thing about having the chat is you haven't really been here for that long, really, but you've been working towards it for quite a while. So a lot of the like new things are like fresh in your head. 
I would love us to catch up again if you're willing to in six months or a year's time and hear how things have gone for you both. You know, whether or not you decide to buy, what that looks like, what like actually assimilating has felt like that a year on. But yeah, I can't thank you enough. I think people are going to be very grateful that you shared those insights. And um, it's been a pleasure to chat to you. I could talk to you all afternoon. Yeah, it's my pleasure, uh, Stephanie. And it is, I, I, I'll just tell people, don't give up. Keep going, right? If you don't hear from Irish immigration for a month, no worries. That's, that's normal, right? I mean, they are really, really uh, busy. Don't get frustrated if you can't get things uh, immediately. And, you know, in America, we want things really fast and rapidly and in in large uh, quantities. Um, You need to slow your pace down and you need to just take a walk around the neighborhood and talk to the locals. The locals will tell you that they will guide you. I'm learning so much from the locals. Uh, <laughs> is better than the internet <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, totally. for, uh, for us. I mean, you know, about house prices and about this store and about this place. Crime, very, very low in uh, Ireland. Uh, and so just come on over. Just do it. It's a wonderful country. It's a wonderful people. It's wonderful sceneries. Come over and enjoy the rainbows. Oh, that's going to be the title of the podcast. Come and see the rainbows. <laughs> Honestly, um, thank you. I, I, I think you've got a career in this, uh, Marcus. You're, 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 you're brilliant to talk to. Thank you so much. I really, really mean it. It's been great to talk to you. And I'm sure we'll be catching up again soon. We'll have to talk to you again in the future on the podcast. Sergeant. Thanks for listening to Tax Bites for Expats. Please do leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always... Remember to take professional tax advice specific to your personal circumstances before acting or refraining from action in connection with the matters dealt with in this series. The material in this podcast is intended to give general guidance only.